Today's scripture reading comes to us from the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. It says, Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion in my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord is given to us in love and is absolutely true. Well, good morning. Over these past three weeks, we've been on a journey uh, to our new facility, and along the way, we've stopped at three different overlooks to take in the views. At the first overlook, we looked back. And we celebrated the wonderful things that God has done in our midst over the past seven years. We discussed setting up Ebenezer's rocks of remembrance to mark God's faithfulness and his kindness to us. And then we also were invited to take time to grieve, to grieve the loss of this space and all the memories that we've had here. At our second overlook, Jim challenged us to look inward and to consider God's call for us to love one another well as we move to a much larger building. He reminded us that God has given us the Holy Spirit and where the people of God are gathered, whether here or at 908 or all over the world, he is present and he seeks to be intimate with us. And then at the third overlook, Daniel celebrated the hospitality that is an earmark of our congregation and called us to continue to offer hospitality to one another. Daniel also mentioned that God calls us to continue to extend that hospitality to our neighbors and to all who come through our doors. And then this morning, we're stopping at our last overlook where we'll be looking forward and as we look forward, we'll be looking at these six verses where King David gives us a warning and also a reminder. In this passage, David warns us of the temptation to run after other gods. And then David reminds us to seek God and his glory. Let me pray for us. Father, we're grateful for this moment to be able to come and to feast at your word. And Lord, I pray for all of us that you would meet us this morning. And Lord, if there are any folks that are here that you haven't yet captured their heart, I pray this morning, Holy Spirit, that you'd move in power. That you draw them and all of us 
to yourself anew and afresh this morning. We are grateful for all the good things that you have done in and through us. We are humbled that you would choose sinful men, women, and children to help build your kingdom here in Greensboro. And we pray this in your powerful name. Amen. So if you have your bulletins, you can turn and look at Psalm 16. And the first thing that I want us to consider is that David warns us of the temptation to run after other gods. Now, this week, after waking up, I I have a ritual. I wake up, I go into the kitchen, I pour my raisin bran in my little bowl. I've been doing this forever. Raisin bran, I should do a commercial. For the last 30 years, that's all I eat is raisin bran. And then I pour orange juice, and then I go in, and I sit down on my recliner and have my quiet time. And this past week, on a particular morning, I did all that, went to the recliner, and when I got there, I just literally just kind of sighed. And I was exhausted, and so I started thinking about, I have a basket next to me, and I have different devotionals. And so I was trying to, honestly, I was trying to think of the easiest devotional that I could read that would take the least amount of energy. So I pulled out Keller's book, little devotional book of Psalms, and I started to read it, and I opened it up, and the psalm for that particular day was Psalm 16, verses 1 through 6, and as I began to read, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, you know that you're reading scripture, and it's like the Holy Spirit just shines a light on the text, but also shines a light right into your heart. And on that particular day, he shined a light right on my heart. And this is what he did. And he was saying to me, Todd, you need to stop. And the particular verse, verse 4, that he used to kind of pierce my heart is this. David writes, the sorrows of those who run after another god shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. David, in this verse, he's teaching his readers that we are all created to worship God. And if we do not worship God, but instead choose to run after other gods, then eventually our hearts will grow weary and our sorrows will multiply. And as I read that verse this week, I felt like God was saying to me, you're exhausted, Todd, because you're running after the wrong things. You are wearing yourself out trying to get us into this building, and you want everything to be just perfect for everyone, and you've lost sight of what really matters which is God. Like the story of Martha and Mary and Luke, I had become Mary over these last three or four weeks, chasing after very good things, and there's nothing wrong with working hard, but through the process, <coughs> like Martha, I wasn't choosing 
the better thing, which was Jesus, and sitting at his feet and letting him pour into my heart. Tim Keller says it this way, we may not believe in literal divine God beings of beauty, wealth, pleasure, or fertility, but we must all live for something. And if we live for and love anything more than God himself, we are trapped. They become things we have to have, so we run exhausted after them. And I had to sit there and confess to God that I was exhausted because I was running not after him, but after good things, working hard to get us in that building. But I, had, I needed to choose him instead of choosing the building. And while I might be alone in this room, I might be the only Martha, I don't think so after a, the Saturdays, I think you guys have done an incredible job. As I was sitting in my chair, I felt like verse 4 is a great warning, not just for me as we head to the new facility, but it's a great warning for all of us as we look forward to our new space. The temptation for all of us is that we might run after other gods, that we might make this building in and of itself an idol. And even all the opportunities that it's going to provide they themselves might also be idols. And we can be like Martha and get so distracted by serving and doing so many things that we lose sight of what's ultimately important. And that is our hearts set on Jesus Christ. Now please don't mishear me. God has given us this new building as a gift, a gift to celebrate, to work hard at getting ready, which all of us have done, and to use it and to enjoy it. It is a good thing, but we cannot ever allow it to be the ultimate thing. King David is saying in verse 4, to not run after other gods. To not be like Martha. Because if we do, we'll end up exhausted. And sorrows will follow us. So the first thing we learn as we stop at our last overlook and we look forward is a warning to not run after other gods. And the second thing that David reminds us of is to seek God and his glory. You look at verse 5, David writes, The Lord is my chosen portion, my cup. You hold my lot. David here is reminding his readers that we're not simply to turn our hearts from idols. We are to turn our affections wholeheartedly to God and seek his glory. We are to choose, as Jesus says to Martha, the better thing, the ultimate thing. We are to choose God. He is our chosen portion. 
which literally means he is our wealth. He is our cup, which literally means he is our pleasure and our ultimate good. David here is calling us to a single-mindedness on God. We are to look to God for our comfort. We are to look to God and trust in his power. We are to look to God and rest in his sovereign control. He is the truest delight of our soul. Augustine says this, Our souls are restless until they find their rest in him. May we cry out like David does in verses 1 and 2. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. My hope as we move to this new space is that my heart and our hearts will pursue after Christ. My prayer is that building will be a conduit, a tool which God uses to draw all of us into a deeper intimacy and relationship with Jesus. I pray as we worship in the new sanctuary that the Holy Spirit will descend on us and light our hearts on fire. I pray that God will bring revival in our midst. And I pray that God will bring lost men, women, and children through our doors so that they might hear the preached word, so they might hear the good news of the gospel. And so the Holy Spirit might capture their hearts and that they might profess faith in him. We are created to worship him. And as the psalmist writes, as a deer pants for the water, may our souls pant after him. And then I love David and how he ends this section. He writes in verse 6, The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Now you, we read that and we're like, okay, what in the world is he talking about? The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have beautiful, a beautiful inheritance. The interesting thing about this statement is David here is referring to the priest. And in Israelite, the priests were not given land of their own. Similarly, David's inheritance is not in land or in buildings. David, in this verse, is saying that his inheritance is God himself and the promise that one day God will come again to consummate his kingdom and make all things new. So our hope is not in buildings or in land. It is in God. The writer of Hebrews states it this way in chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices 
are pleasing to God. You see, while God has given us a permanent building, it is not our permanent home. God is our home. He dwells in us, and he is calling us to worship him. He is calling us to seek his glory in the city and beyond. And so as I sat in my recliner this week and felt convicted that I was chasing after other gods, I confessed my sin to God. I repented. And then as I turned, I asked God to let me seek after him and him alone. And I wish I could say that I left that morning and then went to the church and then kind of continued to have this incredible, intimate relationship with Jesus throughout the day. But what I found was that my heart is so prone to wander. And throughout the day, whether it was dealing with the HVAC people or dealing with the painters or dealing with different things that were going on in the building, it was easy for me to then get caught up again. But the beautiful thing about the gospel is that he is a forgiving and gracious God. And throughout the day, he would gently bring this passage to mind. He would tell me, Todd, here you go again. You're being a Martha. You're running after other gods. Turn back to me. Confess your sin. And if you confess your sin, you'll be forgiven. I am your portion. Christ is a jealous God, and he has created us to worship him. He is jealous not just for my affections, but he's jealous for every one of you and your affections. He wants every one of you to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. He is calling us to seek after him and his glory. And so I wonder this morning, will we, will you pant after him today? As Paul writes, will we make him our goal, our strength, our life? And if you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with him, maybe this morning he is calling you, as I prayed earlier. Will you receive him? Will you put your trust in him? There's nothing else in this world that will satisfy your heart. No spouse, no new building, no new car, no job, no new career, no diploma. None of those things will satisfy. We were created for relationship with God and with each other. He is our ultimate lover. And he wants to love you. And he wants you to love him. We are at our last overlook. And this is our last <clears throat> service in this space. God is calling us as sojourners to pick up and move to a new space, a new building. The temptation at times will be 
to make that building an idol, just like the temptation is for us to make other things idols. And when we do, sorrows will follow us. Exhaustion will follow us. And if you are a son or daughter of God, the Holy Spirit will prick your heart and call you to repentance. God is also calling us to turn our affections to him. He is our ultimate thing among many, many good things. He calls us to seek him and his glory. Last week, we sang what I considered, probably nobody else did, but I did, uh, kind of our anthem when we uh, planted the church 10 years ago. And that was Chris Tomlin's song, God of the City. I want to close by reading the lyrics to you. May this be our prayer as we leave this place today and go and worship another place and minister to another place. You're the God of this city. You're the king of these people. You're the Lord of this nation. You are. You're the light in this darkness. You're the hope to hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one, no one like our God. For greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in the city. Greater <laughs> things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in the city. You are the God of this city. You are the king of these people. You are the Lord of this nation. You are. You are the light in this darkness. You're the hope to the hopeless. You're the peace to the restless. You are. There is no one like our God. For greater things have yet to come and greater things still to come in this city.